0: You're listening to Arsenal Pass, a flesh and blood podcast
1: for players by players and all about strategy, leveling up and the latest news in the world of Wraith. Welcome to
0: Arsenal Pass. Welcome back everyone to episode 34 of Arsenal Pass. I'm Brennan Patrick joined by calling champion Hayden Dale. Hayden, how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Thanks, Brennan. How are you?
0: Pretty good, pretty good. So today we'll be going over all the data from the national season so far and dig into the numbers behind all of your burning questions, such as, is Briar OP? What is the top deck? And what deck should I maybe be keeping my eye out for? As well as many, many more. But anyway, Hayden, let's talk about the news first. We have a we have a pretty crazy news section. We have breaking news, actually. I think that um, a very monumental announcement just went live right before yeah, we recorded this.
1: so much so that... We won't even talk about what we've played this week
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, you just dig right into it because this is um this is crazy, and this is probably the most controversial thing that flesh and blood has done in my eyes actually oh wow, um, it's a, it's a and
1: big- it's not
0: it's not it's not the event, right, like this is their core their first set, the marquee set, and you know. One of my favorite sets in flesh and blood is going out of print which is um a bummer for many reasons um uh, but yeah. you know obviously this was coming after probably arcane rising
1: yeah so welcome to Wraith is now officially out of print uh and literally as we go to record it's gone live about two minutes ago um that yeah welcome to Wraith is now out of print so there's a few things with this announcement that have come from from lss but first of all let's talk about the out of print so yeah officially welcome to Wraith unlimited is out of print which is I was surprised. Once we saw Arcane Rising, we saw Crucible, I think. Made sense to me, Brennan. But I thought Welcome to Wraith might live on a little bit longer, just being the base set of the game. Um, still has, I guess, the most uh, intuitive play design in terms of getting people into the game. Um, but in saying that, obviously, we're, we're two sets past uh, Crucible now as well. About to be three sets. And Welcome to Wraith is the oldest set. So I guess in some way, it does make sense. What are you kind of... You, you're already a bit a bit shocked.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... It's interesting. I think that I was more okay with Arcane Rising on the way because I like the set a lot less in mm. Limited. Yeah. Um, Welcome to Wraith It's just my favorite so far. So it's a bummer to not be able to play that Limited format moving forward. Maybe this... You know, we've talked about this. I don't know if we've talked about this a lot, but these tests going out of print, maybe it's more healthy for the game overall. Mm. But obviously as like a pure player from a pure player's perspective, um, it is a bummer, right? And I, I thought kind of in the beginning that's you know when i crucible of war went out of print i wasn't surprised it made sense and then we saw Ark and rising go and now this you know i thought that the original ethos of the game was to kind of keep um these sets on shelves forever throughout limited but maybe logistically that's just impossible and it's too cannibalistic to the other sets and just the game in general
1: yeah it's a bit like i mean we are welcome to wraith boomers right and it's a bit like your favorite tv show going off the air you know the, the dick Van dyke shows off air and, and now the welcome to wraith uh base set is out of print Makes you, feel, yeah. makes you feel old, yeah.
0: You know? <laughs> makes you feel old, right. Yeah, And now, it's going to be weird as, um, like another aspect of this is, if you were kind of been in the game like me and Hayden have for a while, it's weird as my, uh, <laughs> you know, all of these cards that I play with every day and you know, have played with for years are just becoming so valuable, right? So now it's, just look at the game a little different and I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen if some of my stuff becomes, you know, really expensive
1: well i'm still i'm still riffling those uh pinky strikes yeah <laughs> you're a psychopath <laughs> <laughs> i'm gentle i'm gentle but brendan so out of print welcome to wraith, not the only announcement from lss and i'm gonna i'm just gonna read through this and then i'm gonna let brendan talk because i think brendan has a stronger opinion than i do on this um although it's element it's interesting and i think there's some facets uh that we should discuss so there is a farewell welcome to wraith event that's coming with the Welcome to Wraith out of print announcement. Um, so there's been announced from, I think it's January 28th to 30th. So this coming you know next month after after New Year, after uh, the holiday period, uh, there is this Welcome to Wraith event, which is like a farewell event, where participants can earn, for the first time, Cold Foil Young Welcome to Wraith Heroes. So Cold Foil, Bravo, dorinthia, Katsu, Reiner. Um, and these events are draft events, each store can apply to get a kit by the looks of it. These uh, these these events are capped at 16 players. Now uh, that's the size of the kit. So it feels like the demand for this is going to be pretty high given it's a Welcome to Wraith event. It's a draft event. This is the last time we're going to see Welcome to Wraith be presumably draftable unless you keep, you know, you keep aside product for yourself, but in stores and the stores, you know, specifically are holding stock back for future events. This is going to be the last time that they have access to this. So. Um, the format is two eight player draft pods and it looks like another draft pod after that for whatever reason. So you get six rounds of Swiss and you get, um, standings based on that, uh, and then you get prizing. So the way this works as well, just reading the announcement, um, and it'll, it's not clear on the page, but then me and Brennan just had a look at the, I guess the retailer FAQ, there's no set pricing for this. Like there is for, you know, your skirmish events that, uh, LSS will always set. Also pricing is at the discretion of the store and I think uh, Brendan, that's probably going to raise a few eyebrows as well.
0: Yeah, I'm just rereading through it right so the draft is in isn't unlimited. Right, so you won't be drafting first edition. No, which no, is,
1: no, no. it's all unlimited. Yeah, so that
0: Yeah, that's very good to know. It says right here we will we are giving away a case of Welcome to Wraith Alpha to to a mix of lucky players and stores. I don't really understand lucky players. Um, in that sense who participate in Farewell Welcome to Wraith the mm-hmm. case will be given away as follows um and you know one display to random you know chosen random from north america one player um yeah basically they're choosing like one player at random from each region which is interesting so i guess they're using gem to kind of figure out a random player which that i'm a fan of actually cool yeah uh, if you participate in this event you can get a random uh case of welcome to wraith which is obviously yeah, you know, quite valuable so that's awesome Yes, yeah, so they've said, they've said they
1: have four cases, right? They're, they've got locked away, alpha cases, that is. That's what we're talking about, alpha cases, that they're going to give away with this Welcome to Wraith Farewell event. Um, and they're going to do that as random, random prizing to uh, a select player from each region who participates in the event. That's basically how that's going to work.
0: Yeah, and do the stores get, um, get alpha as well?
1: It's, it's unlimited so the, the kits for the mm. event are all unlimited products so it's unlimited draft the pricing is unlimited and then you have these uh, for the very first time these cold foil young heroes which uh, i think is maybe the piece that might you know cause a bit of a stir as well because if there's 16 player events these might be hard to get into at your local store uh, and, and you might miss out on one of these cold foil heroes miss out on the welcome to wraith you know farewell event which is, is a, i like the idea of this farewell event um maybe questions over execution i'm guessing the cap that's come about is fortunately limited product lift available now out of print.
0: For sure. Right. That, that ha for me, when I look at that, I think that it has to be motivated um, by some sort of project product or logistical issue, because um, I think a big pain point for a lot of players in the United States, especially ones that are in um, more popular areas for flesh and blood is that sometimes events just kind of sell out and, part of playing Flesh and Blood is not actually playing the game it becomes kind of a logistical game um just being you know kind of grinding to get on the list to get there uh you know maybe paying extra whatever it is and that's not fun at all like it, it's actually miserable and we experienced that a lot in kind of skirmish season 1 um and pre-releases before not so much anymore and it's been getting a lot better unfortunately with this at the 16 player cap it at least in my region it'll probably be pretty rough to try to play some of these um and I don't know how the spots will be delineated like, uh, if you read on the site, the price to get into this event is also at the retailer's discretion, so hopefully we see fair pricing, but if we do, it'll also lead to this being extremely competitive to get in and probably hard to play. And that's, that's just playing Devil's Advocate, right? Because this is good, it's fun, it's a cool event, but there are definitely some downsides to hosting premier 16-player events with, you know, very coveted items such as Cold Foil Heroes and um, potentially getting a case of Welcome to Wraith
1: yeah that's a tough thing right so there's a couple of things i wanted to pick on there so not pick on but just pick up on rather um you said about the i guess the regionality of the difficulty of getting to events i think it's been from what i understand similar around other regions as well uh especially for limited events so for you know road to nationals and things like that and skirmishes where there's no cap uh that's not been as much of an issue because i know that for instance, the, the Caps in North America, that comes more so from like stores, you know, how many people they yep. can actually have Store in stores. Size. Yeah. So whereas I know for some um, stores, you know, in certain parts of the world, they've actually for Road to Nationals, for instance, maybe they have picked up like an external venue or they've, they've been able to do something for that. I'm not saying everyone has, but I know that has happened and there may not be as under many pressures just with the player base um, and people traveling. But when you've got limited events like this, like limited spots, and I know some draft skirmishes have seen this where they've sold out uh yeah it can I think can cause some pressure on players really wanting to get into these events and not being able to um you know whether they just they don't have time to go and sign up first because they've got to be at work or you know they don't hear about it until late and they miss out on this event and I think it's a great idea to be doing this farewell event you know a draft event as we saw a skirmish is a really cool idea um but you know just the limited nature it's gonna make it you know difficult for some players and they're gonna unfortunately people are gonna miss out on this so uh, I think it's right to play you know to talk about both sides of this here
0: yeah, and then you have a question in between. It's like, oh, if it's if it's like that, do we just not host the event? And that's uh, you know both sides are bad. So it's just there's some there's some downsides which could be logistically motivated. Could be literally impossible to make these bigger, which is unfortunate. Um, but I do hope moving moving I do hope moving forward that flesh and blood becomes more accessible to kind of the average person and the average player that's not you know constantly plugged in to their community uh you know chat or whatever it is to where they can get in they need to get in these events in like an hour period or whenever it sells out and uh, i think we're making steps in the right direction and organically we will just (laughs) we will progress in that direction because the supply will go up as more stores adopt the game because it becomes more popular
1: yeah i completely agree i just think this might be unfortunately a bit of a a step backwards you don't want to be treating getting into flesh and blood events like it's an ipo for something right like you got to (laughs) be first in like finger on the pulse you know what i mean like it's a bit it's a bit hard so um hopefully this is like a in terms of the difficulty of getting to this event is one off and we don't know yet but i mean brendan you've experienced this i've seen this before like it just feels that um and i think lss have a responsibility right to make sure that they're making their events accessible to players is that how else are they going to grow their game
0: yeah but well, anyway, let's uh, let's not dog on the event too much anymore. Again, we are just playing devil's advocate, kind of recapping some of the pain points we've had with the OP system over the past year and you know, just giving our thoughts on where we hope, you know, what direction we hope it's progressing in. But hey, let's talk about this uh, this New Zealand-Australian Nationals. Very exciting. Yeah. Before Everfest.
1: Yeah, I just wanted to say last, I completely agree. I'm, I'm happy that we get this style of events. Um, just, yeah, as you say, playing both sides of it. So new dates for New Zealand-Australian Nationals. Uh, they are going to be both both events that have held the weekend before Everfest drops. So that second to last, uh, or that sorry, that last weekend in um, in January before the Everfest set releases. So both nationals are going to be in the current format, which I think is good. I think it would be uh, not ideal to have those, both those two events uh, with new sets, just given how the national season is run. Uh, it wouldn't really make sense, especially as we're almost certainly going to be going to another season as soon as Everfest drops. Um, in terms of, I guess, those events, They look pretty set to go ahead. I guess, you know, again, it's still like COVID related for those events, especially in um, New Zealand. Australia looks like, you know, probably okay to go ahead. So it's exciting to have personally for me, obviously being in Australia, uh, but we also do have, you know, we have a New Zealand player on our team in the form of Dan. So um, it's great to have set dates for the rest of us to be able to play Nationals. So apart from the announcement of these Nationals events, I just wanted to call out for us, you know, we're approaching the end of the year. Uh, it's been a bit of a quieter time. We are coming into like the off-season of flesh and blood, right? So as we said, New Zealand Australian nationals now have a date. Those are more than a month away. But that—that that is really, you know, the events for the season. It's going to be great that we get this Welcome to Wraith, you know, Alpha Draft. or sorry, not Alpha Draft, but Welcome to Wraith Farewell Event. <laughs> Brendan's putting it in my mind now. Um, as we move through into January and then no doubt OP announcements for Feb onwards. Uh, but the next two months are, are pretty quiet. And, um, you know, we're thinking about what Arsenal pass looks like in 2022. And we'd love, you know, some, some feedback from our our great viewers, listeners uh, and, you know, those out there that, that contribute to us just to maybe talk about what sort of You know coverage or topics or gameplay you want to see in the future from us as we move through into 2022 so you know drop a comment in the uh, youtube video or hit us up on uh, twitter or whatever form you like to use other than direct mail you know i'm not going to put out my postal address for you to send me a letter but otherwise yeah let us know we've got a gameplay video out Uh, we just put up old time versus briar which genuinely one of the games i've enjoyed playing the most it's a longer game uh just the nature of you know all time but i think there's a lot to digest in that game and we we have um you know a great editor who's actually cut that game down as well to uh, you know remove some of the I guess the the pauses and things like that so that we have it a pretty streamlined game for you to watch. Uh, I think it's honestly, I know Brendan, you enjoyed it as well. I think it's one of the uh, one of the more fun games we've played and put on on camera.:
0: Yeah, it was tough. It was a tough one. <laughs> it was a long game. Um, a but yeah, of speaking of YouTube, just want to shout out the YouTube channel, the Arsenal Pass YouTube channel. We've um, you know, experienced a lot of growth over this past year. I think we're currently sitting around 2,600, 2,700 subscribers. We'd really like to hit 3,000 by the end of the year, if possible. So if you consume our content um, and you like it and you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. And if you know somebody that you know, we might be able to entertain or provide value to, go ahead and share us as well. Alright, so last week's time they're out was with Stephen Woolley. I forget his last name <laughs> well, yeah, For some reason thinking Stephen Pope I was like, that's definitely not his name uh, Stephen Woolley from Coven, he's actually a good friend of mine um, <laughs> no, And yeah, it was a great one I guess not, yeah It was a really good one, I, I really like Stephen He's one of my favorite people And he's a great guy to have a conversation with Very philosophical, very down to earth So check it out um, And next weekend is Jason Long So Jason Long is the well i said his name incorrectly it's jake it's jason and then in quotations poker face long he is the um the top eight of flush of blood you know every event he walks into he comes in with uh, some shorts and sandals and then top eights the man's the man's an absolute savage it should be an interesting conversation he also if you sit across from him um at an event uh you can't read him he's uh he's got the best poker face and all flesh and blood
1: uh we have to talk about that uh on the uh, we haven't actually recorded that time in the round yet but we do have jason lined up so um you have to talk to him about that and just ask him how he does it how he keeps so composed during his uh his high sort of his high pressure matches of flesh and blood
0: it's, it's hilarious. Like I thought that, uh, you know, he was going to pull all of his hair out during that blitz stream, <laughs> but obviously Kano with DK is a little bit harder to play. Um, anyone anyway, shout out to the Arsenal Pass patrons. over 330 patrons of, uh, up to now. And you know, the support is incredible. So just a big thank you to all of you. If you're not aware of the Arsenal Pass patron, uh, patron, patron, Patreon, Patreon. there it is. <laughs> it does have tons of extra content on it, as well as an extra pot every month, live session. And you know, if we throw up a deck tech on the Arsenal Pass, we, throw up a cy- we accompany that with a cyber guide on the Patreon with you know, all kinds of tips and tricks and ratios, everything you need to pick it up and start being competitive. But Hayden, do we have anything on the grill?
1: We definitely do. I was just thinking, for an audio medium, we're both struggling to, uh, to talk today, which isn't ideal. So I think um, you know, in the future, we're going to have to put video on just so that people can see us when we sort of stumble <laughs> through things. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's funny because nowadays we we really don't edit much. It's kind of just all straight through, which is hilarious if you kind of look at the retrospective of um, our still pass and where we were in the beginning and how much of a headache it was to get even through get through even one episode.
1: I'd say we bounce off each other better now. But today, you know, you get a little peek behind the curtain. Anyway, yeah, brian I've definitely got something on the grill. We got a question from one of our Patreon's patrons. Uh, Samajamma who submitted a question says, I keep seeing common statements that control mid-range Katsu is gone to the wayside in place of agro Katsu. However, the Finnish national uh, winner was a mid-range list, if not control and a decent, decent majority of Katsu's placing are going for the control mid-range builds. So why do people continue to say it's dead when it keeps at least doing fairly well? And Samajama says, love the content as always guys. I think this is a question for you, Brennan.
0: Yeah. It's just an outdated opinion. Um, during the Chain days, I actually thought that that was the worst deck in the meta by far. Um, like, not even close, just very bad and massively adopted as well. And you saw that the meta recorrected to phase that version of Katsu out towards we, when we got towards the end of the season and road to Nationals and heading into Vegas. Okay, so Chain gets a little nerf. A lot of people start playing Briar. I mean... I think that Control Katsu or Midrange Katsu or Dirtily Katsu, whatever you want to call it, is actually pretty good in De Briar. I mean, theoretically, at least. I haven't played it myself. But <laughs> no longer, in my opinion, um, the worst deck in the meta and completely unplayable, which is exactly what I thought it was back in the days of Road to Nationals heading into Las Vegas with Monarch. Because not only was Chain your problem, you also got you know dunked on by Prism. You had to deal with Bravo. It was not good.
1: I like that you've, um, for someone who doesn't like peak theory, you've just talked about peak theory there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think the, the mid has changed, right? Obviously. So I think when Katsu mid range slash control, whatever you want to call it, most of the lists I've seen to be more mid range based was prominent in the mid, it was definitely during the road to national season, early road to national season. And we, we did see that deck go away, right? Like Agro Katsu had, uh, you know, a much, I guess ahead of time in terms of being able to actually compete with with chain in some way, whereas it felt like if you were playing the control side, it felt pretty pretty poor, right? So that that's what the change was. That's where the shift came, um, you know. And then you've also got prism in the meta, and people playing these aura strategies and katsu of agro seem to be a tough matchup for them. So people as well gravitated towards the aggressive build. Yeah, you come into the new meta, um, whether or not it's better against Bry. i think we did say like well i know i said this early on i thought that katsu control could be a reasonable pick for like week one or two because people's uh you know builds may not be fleshed out yet you still had a good matchup into that or a prism deck which was probably you know was the deck to beat coming into the new meta so i think it makes sense that we've seen that but and to be honest, we just haven't really seen katsu in this new meta whether that be aggro or whether that be a control mid range it's just really dropped off so I'm not surprised that the, the bits and pieces, and we're going to talk about this as we come into it in terms of, you know, the top five decks and what's done well in this uh, national season. I'm not surprised that we really haven't seen much Katsu in terms of, well, sorry, I'm not saying I'm not surprised. I'm just not surprised that we haven't seen, uh, I guess, a delineation between which strategy is more prominent uh, because we just haven't seen much in general. It's just been a, it's been a lesser seen deck. In Orlando, right, um, just in nationals and or US nationals and in the calling, there was not much Katsu to be seen, right, Brennan?
0: yeah and honestly if i'm thinking about it like uh, flick flack is definitely effective versus briar but other than that like eh, the rest of the deck seems pretty bad um because i don't know it just seems it seems tough to kind of be banking on like a whelming gust wave or just kind of like any key cards like this when you know if you have taken damage to be able to play out that combat chain um briar can now block you for five out of hand or something that it's just a tough position again we're in another meta where I think it pays to be proactive rather than reactive unless you have a very strong game plan of how to beat that specific deck where Control Katsu's like or mid range whatever it was, it, it's competency was like it just had this like very dirty game plan to the same thing against pretty much everything um, you know, except chain I guess which it fatigued so I just don't think it was able to adapt very well to a lot of different strategies
1: yeah I think um, there's a big card pool for Ninja right like ninja probably has i think the second biggest card pool. is that am i am I just talking maybe warrior um but i don't know <laughs> crucible crucible of war gave like a disproportionate number of ninja cards right because we had ira um so it has a reasonable size card pool. but a lot of the combo lines from like crucible have, have never been played right so katsu's card pool actually feels really small uh because you know you don't see flood of force and uh, rushing River and these combo lines being being played um, currently, but maybe that's something that changes the future. And it could just be the Katsu. Uh, you know, we've had this mid range build, and we've all like mid range slash control build the, the Ninja Turtle, and we've had these aggressive decks. But is there something out there that hasn't been explored? And I think that's that's where Katsu goes to next. If a coming, yeah. maybe we get some cards that help with that.
0: And I just want to quickly touch upon the last sentence here. So a lot of people continue to say it's dead, but it keeps doing fairly well. One thing about Flesh and Blood is that. Even with the app, like even with what people would consider to be the worst hero in the meta, um, you can always win. Um, pretty much everything is competitively viable and very competitively viable at that. Like, we think about my bottom dogs for worse than the, or top dogs for the worst in the meta, top of my list at least, are going to be Azalea and Kano. It's Kano being pretty low on there. But you see Kano go to events and, and beat a lot of decks and sometimes win. And it, it's possible. It's just, it's in a rough position after some of the recent expansions, in my opinion.
1: And Kano just won a national championship. So, there you have it.
0: What, won a national championship in Canada? Oh, you don't,
1: no, 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 not in Canada. Kano won a nationals.
0: Oh, yeah, in Italy, I know about that. Yeah. If I said in Canada, I would no, like, no. that definitely didn't happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, no. Well, thank you for the question, uh, Sam and, Jammer. and if you do want to get your questions in for the Commander Cookout, there's multiple ways you can send us our way you can send them to com. You can tweet them at us. Uh, you can drop them in the YouTube comments and let us know that they're a command cookout question or, you know, whatever other variety of uh, medium you might find. Uh, again, other than postal, we just, we don't have mailboxes. So anyway, Brendan, let's move on to the main topic. Um, and you talked about it at the top of the show, obviously, as always, we are deconstructing the Nationals constructed better. We're looking at what has happened over this past, you know, few weeks of Nationals. Um, in total, we've had 22 national championships, so there's a, there's a lot of data to look through. Um, we're going to dive into you know some of the what's been doing well, uh, what's been finding success, what has been consistent, what are some of the surprises of the season, and is there a few quiet achievers in there? Uh, just how dominant has Briar been? So we're going to answer all these questions as we go in. So first of all, Brendan, I just had a few stats for you, and I wanted to just get your thoughts on these. So 22 national championships thus far, we're going to have two more to come uh, with New Zealand and Australia. We've had 1,400 players across these nationals, so a sizable chunk of you know, players getting involved in their nationals and playing. We've had multiple nationals over 80 players, uh, which is awesome to see. I think in total, six, six events have had over 80 or 90 players. 176 PCIs have been given out to the top eight top eighters of these That's events. Crazy. That's crazy. It's a lot of PCIs, right? We're going we're gonna to see some players on the first few Pro Tours. Um, and We've had 600 Living Legend points assigned to heroes. So uh, you can have a few guesses at where those are going to be assigned. We're going to talk about those as we go into. And I just want to remind you, Living Legion points. So these are given out towards you know, that Living Legion status, that retirement of these heroes. Um, this only contributes towards adult heroes in Classic Constructed. And these are only assigned at national championships for the winner. Uh, so winning a national championship does get this hero Living Legion points. Otherwise, no Living Legion points for top eight, etc. Mm-hmm. what are your you know i, I think a few numbers yeah. i've thrown at you there anything that sticks out to you yeah the ptis right
0: like i don't know if you were on if you were playing um the professional circuit here in the u.s like the orlando dallas all that it it definitely felt like if you were participating in those events like it was it felt like you know there wasn't a lot of ptis to go around because you'd have like a thousand you know a few hundred people almost a thousand at these events going for eight PTIs. Um, But it's crazy to think that there's like so many out there, which is just unbelievable. Because, like, if I count those events, like, it's all, it's probably under 50, right? It's definitely under 50. Um, And now we have an influx of 176. So that pro tour is going to look wild, right?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, some people might save this for worlds, right? You know, being national champion or being top eight nationals, maybe you want to go and represent your country at worlds, and, and some players might opt to save those. Uh, some players might not even use these in the first year. Uh, that's the great thing about these PTIs. So it's it, you would assume that the first Pro Tour is probably going to be pretty sizable. But if we look at it, right? So 176 PTIs given out for Nationals. We had, uh, I think, about, you know, what you said there was five events, right? So we've got 40 given there. We've had four, mm-hmm. four PTIs as well. Um, plus you've got the, the calling overhangs of about, you know, 50 invites. So you've got about, you know, maybe 250 pro tour invites circling around sort of out in the wild at the moment. Um, and there's players with multiple PTIs, of course. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the lead up to this event because we're, you know, if you say that, okay, uh, a third of those, or two thirds of those players use their invite for the first pro tour, you are only looking at about 160 players, right? Um, 170 players for that first event. So I'm sure there's more PTIs to go out with what we think will probably be like a, um, a ProQuest season, you know, so regions getting ProQuest. Yeah, yeah, which I'm sure we'll get announced with OP.
0: Definitely expecting the ProQuest to move towards sort of a regional circuit thing and be a lot more popular and not be associated directly with Callings, which that's happened um, twice. Yeah, twice. uh, SAG Con in Australia, but you're calling God. Cancelled, so that was definitely a, uh, a different scenario. But yeah, in 600 living, leg, legend, living Legend points. I'm assuming a lot of them went to Briar. I hope okay. a, more of them went to Chain, so that... <laughs> I don't know. Chain is nowadays just crazy. But how close are we to having a hero band, hey, Uh,
1: That is a great question. Put me on the spot. I think we are not as close as I thought we might be. So the total number for Living Legend is don't even know the total number. One thousand. Oh, it's a thousand. Okay, so we are not. Don't even, trust me on that. <laughs> we're not even halfway. Uh, okay. So it looks like by the season we'll be about halfway, maybe. So yeah. Maybe maybe not as much as uh, as you might have thought. Well, maybe we get to see two Briar Winters, right? <laughs> I'm
0: kidding. It's definitely it's definitely that's the thing that we're de- we're gonna break down here is definitely not a Briar Winter. Like I've played so many decks that dunk on that deck recently um it's so targetable to an extent but um yeah we'll see if the i think that the meta will heavily adjust for new zealand and australian nationals
1: yeah we'll see so we're gonna get in first and talk about the breakdown of the top eights um and just want to talk about yeah what this has looked like so (laughs) not a briar winter uh brendan says briar uh, accounted for 74 of the uh what's this 176 top eight spots. You know, so about forty percent of the top eight decks for national championships were Briar. Any, any thoughts on that, Brendan? Uh, I'm so excited to hear how many wins.
0: <laughs> that's a big percent, but we saw this with Chain back in the road to national seasons. Like it had a really good conversion in the top eight, but then its conversion from top eight to winning was freaking obscene. And like that's how you know that it's the best deck. Uh, yeah. But let me hear it.
1: How well, I just want, want to Can talk those... through <laughs> just want to talk through some top oh, eights okay. first, Uh because I think there's some interesting things in terms of what decks were showing up in the top eight, and then we're going to talk about how those converted into wins uh, because there is there is obviously like some discrepancies. There's some decks that maybe didn't show up as much in top eight or weren't as prevalent in the meta that that did well. Um, so you've got you got Briar with about as I say 74 top eight berths, and then it's a bit of a it's a little bit of a drop down. Uh, oh gosh, <laughs> I'm Bra- so excited. Bravo <laughs> was actually second in terms of top eight uh play skitters 16
0: okay 16 total yeah a wow the drop <laughs> wow <laughs> this is sorry this is i'm actually not even acting numbers that's freaking incredible wow that's bigger that's got to be a bigger spread than um roads and nationals was that's incredible 76 to 16 so nuts.
1: i think with the road to, road to nationals we had less decks represented in the top eight so a lot of heroes mm-hmm. didn't even get top you know i think in the end i think uh viscerai azalea um Levia, they all managed to get like one or two in there uh whereas this time around obviously we, ha- we have more heroes uh but we also have some heroes like that are a bit more even spread so we don't have a second or third place that are just kind of You know, combined with first taking up 80% 70% of the positions in top eight so that is one thing so yeah Bravo in second are you surprised to see Bravo as the second place I guess um, definitely not yeah
0: Yeah, definitely not Um, like the Bravo matchup against Lightning Briars can be quite tough right like they have two strategies like I think that their fatigue strategy is weak although like it might beat some people Um, but I think in general like the fatigue against Briars as Bravo is weak uh, but the the aggro strategy is totally legit, and it's it's scary as a as a briar player.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you've got that from the the briar side, and then uh, just just slightly behind, sorry, Bravo at sixteen, and then you got chain at fifteen. So chain was the next most represented deck in the yep. top eight of national championships this season.
0: And I think that that's exactly what it should be, if not more. Uh, chain was definitely underrepresented. I was def I was kind of low on chain. You were. Um, yeah, but I was low on chain in the sense that in a meta where he was getting fatigued like i think the yeah. deck is much worse first fatigue than it was before i mean it definitely is there's no doubt about that it is worse than once the monarch against fatigue but the meta changed because it has to adapt to briar so it's um there's less decks out there that are able to fatigue uh, fatigue chain as a result
1: yeah the meta's changed right there's been a shift about you can't afford to maybe give as many cards to that matchup because you know chains less represented you've got to worry about briar you've got to worry about bravo you've got to worry about all the you know there's there's three new heroes in the mix now as well so it's uh it's it's difficult so yeah not not surprising but also maybe if you were to say surprise i guess lower than maybe you might think um so briar bravo chain in terms of top eight representation and then we've got a bit of a, a tie and this one this one might be interesting for you Brendan. we've got katsu which we just talked about with 12 top eights yep. we've also got lexi with 12 top eights
0: yep Lexi's really good like Ice Lexi won Canadian Nationals like it's not even just Ice Lexi being good like Lightning and Lexi's uh very good as well in my opinion mm-hmm. I and, agree but uh I think that a lot of people picked up Lexi to play um some of those ice cards to prey on Briar like I think that's where a lot of the popularity came from but uh yeah sounds about right and then Katsu I think is deservedly up there and probably uh a bit of a slept on deck
1: yeah i mean so there's some heroes i might have expected to see above katsu just given the the season that katsu's had but i think one of the things katsu has going for it is that this hero is you know a hero that players certain players have had with them for a long time right Uh, players have had time with this hero they've maybe played multiple strategies they know it inside and out Uh, whereas maybe you don't have that for something like i might have been surprised that we haven't seen old time as high um but yeah i mean
0: that's definitely criminal um there's like there's two big offenses here which are both old time and viscerai are not in this list which is just the most one of the most ridiculous things i've ever heard
1: well just you wait just you wait so yeah as you say lexi and katsu uh you know joint joint fourth so that's our that's our top five effectively i want to give you some other some other top eight stats uh first thing i did want to say though for the briar as we talked about 74 top eight births for briar that's split so um, majority of those are the zero cost Lightning Briar deck, but uh, about 12 of those, are the, from what we can tell from the data, uh, is the Mount Heroic base decks. So whether these be like pure Earth decks or these be like hybrid decks, uh, we have seen Mount Heroic decks as well within the 74 decks. And I just, just want to, while I'm talking about the data, just give a shout out to Tower Number Nine who provided this data. Um, all the tracking sheet that he's done for you know, skirmish seasons, national season, road to national season uh, is all available through... I think through his blog so this is where i grabbed it from
0: Hey, over or under tower number nine is employed by legend story students <laughs> by the end of 2022 to do this always happens if somebody does something where they you know provide like a service um to the game they eventually just get hired like we had jj with the rules um you know obviously like the session blood guys and i don't know people always get hired
1: <laughs> i get picked off I'd say, you know what, it depends on what uh, Davis wants to do. Davis hasn't been playing as much as I would have expected. Davis, Davis is a good player. Um, I would hate to lose him from, you know, the, the ecosystem of flesh and blood, but at the same time, he does a, a very good service for the community in terms of this tracking data. A lot of yeah. time spent. Anyway, so that's our top five. I want to give you some, I guess, some top eight stats for some of the other heroes because I think there's some really interesting ones in here, some surprises. So that's our top five. But next up, you know, coming in sixth is actually Prism. Uh, Prism had nine top eight berths, and Bolton had eight. So those are the next two uh, represented heroes. Surprise!
0: Mm, I mean, we're getting pretty low on the list at this point, so I, I think it's anyone's game. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that the main the main focus for me is going to be Vissari and Oldham. I think that they should both be much higher. All right,
1: <laughs> much much higher. Right. Well, Dash is also more represented than Oldham, but then you have Oldham coming in. Uh, with six top eights so pretty pretty low there and then you have uh dorinthia Rina, uh Livia, oh all goodness. higher than viscera
0: <laughs> oh my goodness that's crazy <laughs> only a- is the best deck in the format
1: oh there you have it so only Viserai had two top eights only azalea with uh zero unfortunately azalea the only hero to not make a top eight and kano with one were lowly had lower representation in top eights of national championships this season than uh than visceroy which obviously surprises you greatly it really was 100 percent conversion then yeah yeah kano, kano has the <laughs> best stats for conversion that's true
0: yeah um that that's crazy i guess the viscerai deck is really hard to play but uh Uh, what do i mean that's definitely the best deck in the format it's not even close
1: yeah so i think there's there's multiple uh from what i understand like this viscera list so one of these is um hamish from push that's hamish right from push the point he made top eight in um in the uk nationals so it's a different list to what we saw from like matt rogers at the calling and i i actually think the other viscera list from what i understand is is different again was like a a very aggressive deck the other um, one that made top eight, i can't remember what event it was it was a european nationals um, so we've seen, like, three different builds of, of viscerai uh, and Visserai be, be, you know, I guess a fan favorite, but maybe not uh, not putting up the results that we might have thought for this Nationals, given that a lot of these Nationals happened after both the UK and the Orlando calling.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised, because usually when Matt Rogers, like, when Matt Rogers tornado across the world, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he played Viserai and he top-aided, but I uh, guess an adoption of the deck. Yeah, not easy. He played with with a really good list.
1: Yeah, not not easy. But I also think Hamish played with a very good list as well. Um, I just haven't
0: looked over it. Yeah, not
1: not too dissimilar to the list that I think we put up on the channel. Um, There's some different choices, but I think a lot of the the similarities of the game plans are are very similar with that kind of tempo based plan. So that's our that's our top eight stats. Uh, I want to dive into you know I guess the winners. So this is the big one, right? What's what's been happening? Who's been winning events? Yeah, I mean, there's no surprise. Briar has the most wins, right? uh obviously, yeah. you know a, a big yeah. chunk over forty percent of that that top eight representation sixty percent of the win representation, so twelve wins of the twenty two events by briar oh,
0: that's so good. I love it. You love to see like um uh, you know the uh, whatever deck has a top eight like representation and then they increase that into win so the chain as well um but again. I have to reiterate, as we look at this data, it looks pretty grim for everybody out there that hates Briar. Um, I really promise that Briar is a very beatable deck compared to Chain. Chain was not a very beatable deck.
1: Yeah, so Briar doesn't have the best conversion from top eight to win, but that's because, you know, obviously a lot of these Briars are beating each other in the top eight as well, so you can't read too much into Mm -hmm. that. But yeah, 12 wins. Um, I mean, Briar has been the deck to beat this season, right? The Lightning Briar deck. Uh, I do want to point out that three of the 12 wins... Actually, came from Mount Heroic Briar so not just pure Lightning Briar So I thought that was quite cool all to on see. The
0: same weekend too, which is hilarious. Or yeah. the same two weeks. It was literally all in the, at the same time. It yeah. Was, uh,
1: Australian. Austrian.
0: Um. Oh, sorry, not Australian. Yeah. Austrian, Belgium, and Germany was it?
1: Um. Or it could have been Austria, Poland, and Germany. It's yeah. I believe it's Austria, Poland, and Germany. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all basically on the same. All very similar lists. Um. Believe may have been working together i actually don't know the, the context of the full story sure, yeah. i'm sure someone can can let us know um but yeah so i think cool at least to see something different obviously we saw more mount heroic decks post that event uh, be picked up and, and do on well the nationals so you know, not purely a one strain briar but yeah obviously the the deck to beat for the season uh the, the performance that put up at both uk and us and then just became you know the the deck to beat and has continued to be so um we'll see what happens as we move forward to the last two nationals of the season whether that changes, I don't. Expect personally that to change in terms of the, be the deck to beat, but we might see some differences in terms of results. Um, so twelve wins, and then second was uh, Bravo. So Bravo with two wins, a uh, bit of a drop down from twelve there, but you know in terms of uh, conversion in top eight, it's two wins. Uh, Brier had about a sixteen percent conversion top eight to win. Bravo had a twelve percent. Oh wow! So it's ten percent so of the wins share in total.
0: That's that's pretty crazy.
1: So how many how many wins did briar have again? so Briar had 12 and bravo had 2
0: that's quite the the drop off at least in yeah. terms of numbers that's a <laughs> 12 to 2 wow our number 2 spot had only two nationals wins is everybody else uh, at 1
1: yeah yeah everyone else who wow. won the nationals is at 1 so apart from those two heroes you have eight other heroes winning nationals which i think is cool that you have a big spread of heroes so only what five heroes didn't win a nationals of the of the now what do we have 15 heroes uh, that we have in the format
0: that's a wild that, but it's awesome to see i agree with you like seeing the diversity in wins is pretty cool
1: yeah i mean yeah i mean i think that's awesome having 12 heroes from oh sorry i'm gonna misquote myself 11 heroes right yeah uh one two three four five sorry no i can't, I can't get it right 10 heroes of the 15 winning national championships when there's only 22 events i think that's that's a that's a pretty cool thing uh, it just happens that Briar, <laughs> you know wins a big share of that
0: yeah, 35 heroes. <laughs> Just throwing numbers out there.
1: <laughs> I'm struggling yeah, this great. morning. Yeah, yeah. So- yeah,
0: it's great. Um, but, yeah. I mean, we can talk We can talk about kind of Briar and the position, the meta, and like what I expect for Australia and New Zealand. Because I definitely do look at Australia and New Zealand as sort of a premier level national event or a national championship. Um, where that's really what I got my eyes on to make my final decisions about the set, per se. Because they have all the information it's one of the hardest regions to compete in both of them and you know we have some of the best players out there
1: i mean that's the expectation and the, the the thought right um i will challenge that a little bit as someone who lives in australia and has played in this region and also now played in a u.s event you know coming to the calling there's a lot of good players in the u.s and a lot of good players in north america uh, and i think that gulf i think i have said this before the the, the gulf between the the player skill is closing rapidly um, so yeah, I think there's a lot of weight on uh the players in New Zealand, their shoulders to to uh you know stump up and perform in this nationals and and beat this Briar deck, right? <laughs> Just throwing a bit of yeah, a gauntlet which out I, there. I think
0: I think I think we will see to be honest. If um, you know, I definitely expect quite a few players in that region that I know personally to probably not be on prior because it's you know it, it's definitely a targetable deck, it's very good, but um, it's targetable, and we've seen it, you know, people target that to great uh to great success even you know, in recent events
1: yeah so speaking of uh some of the other decks that picked up wins all time picked up a win um mm-hmm. you know from its only six top eights which is a really great conversion rate in terms of its win um other decks that had a really great conversion rate: Dorinthia uh five top eights and had a win um we've also got in here you've got uh, obviously kano with that one win one top eight one win one for one hundred percent strike rate. 100%,
0: yeah
1: yeah uh bolton picked up a win as well Chain, Dash, uh, Katsu with a win, Lexi, uh, no win for Livia, but four top eights, no win for Prism, but nine top eights, uh, no win for Reinar, but four top eights, so some of these other heroes just not quite grabbing their wins, no win for Visceraia or Azalea either. Mm.
0: I would use this time to
1: dog on Prism, but I'm better than that now. And who knows, it
0: might be my favorite deck come Everfest.
1: He's evolved. Well, you are a Prism main, like that was called many months ago. So we're still waiting. Yeah,
0: just just a dormant Prism main. You know, I'm gonna wait until it's it's a fun and cool deck, and then I'll you know I'll be like, yeah, like I said, all along.
1: <laughs> You'll be there. So some of the, I guess, some of the surprises to me, like we've already talked about from the top eight perspective, but just from from wins, you know, really surprised that we didn't see uh, more all time both show up and win, I think, after Michael's performance in The Calling. Um, I I think there's a bit of a, unfortunately, a bit of a, I guess, a side effect of that calling being the same as you weekend as U.S. Nationals. There was no coverage of Michael playing that deck, apart from, I think, a 15-minute a snippet that went up at the end of the U.S. Nationals finals. Um, so not many people have been able to see that deck be played out. Uh, I think when you get that opportunity, it's a lot easier for players to go and watch that and digest and understand maybe how they could pick it up and play it themselves. So I think, yeah, unfortunately old time and that calling in particular was a bit of a, um, a bit of a victim of just that U S nationals at the same time um, being, you know, the, the covered, the covered event. Otherwise I think we honestly would have seen more, more old time be adopted and picked up um, because it's, you know, it's obviously very clearly a strong, uh, a strong hero and a strong deck in this meta. Um, A win. I think it was the Greek nationals that it won six top eights, but yeah, surprise also came really close to winning uh, the Hong Kong regional championship championship. last weekend so that was against mm-hmm. chain in the final really good game if you've seen it i think you can actually go watch that and there's a vod up of it uh so yeah old time came really close
0: yeah 100 percent. i mean i i totally agree with you about the reasons of for the lack of adoption um it also has like it definitely has some harder matchups outside of briar where some other decks i guess don't but i haven't played the deck much myself i know you have and as a briar player like I thought that it's an easy match um, against most old teams, but against the correct pilot, it's very, very hard for Briar, in my opinion. Mm
1: -hmm. So any other thoughts on these before we kind of just move through into digesting, I guess, what this kind of means moving forward? I think the only other, you know, I guess maybe some falls from grace. Um, We saw Dash really just not show up much. Uh, One win in the end, eight top eights, but otherwise had a pretty tough time of it. Yeah.
0: Dash, Prism um Definitely, some of the
1: previously popular decks that have had a hard time in this this new meta. Mm-hmm. Good to see that lexi did convert into one win. Uh, but as we say, twelve top eights, one one in the end, um, and a pretty big win, right? With Canadian nationals, like it's not a small nationals. I think it's about the might have been the the second or third uh, largest nationals. So yeah, pretty good result there as well. Cool. So <clears throat> actually, one last thing I want to ask you, Kano. What do you thought? So one Kano shows up, makes top eight, and wins the whole event. What's your kind of thoughts behind that? Why, why does a Kano end up taking a national championship?
0: Uh, I mean, I would need more inf- like more context on the event. I think to comment on that, um, I've yeah, I just I just don't know because I, I don't think that Kano is like secretly a very good deck or something like that. It maybe is in the right in the right meta where people don't pack null rune and you're still able to beat them because we've seen like lightning bar can still kind of race Kano and so can chain without null rune. Um, Change deck just has to give it to him. So, yeah, I would need more context on the event to answer, to be honest, because I just don't know too much about Italian Nationals.
1: Yeah, from from what I understand, so the Kano player played a lot of Briar during the event, uh, played a lot of Briar in top eight as well. I think there was five Briar in the top eight, one Kano, Chain, and a Katsu. So, you know, seven aggressive decks, and then this Kano deck, um, not, potentially not packing any Nelren, and Kano just really taking full, full you know, um, the opportunity of... Of what came with the meta, so right right deck in the right hands at the right time by the sounds of it, and um congratulations to that that can player
0: yeah, for sure I mean, I think it's awesome <laughs> this is uh definitely the deck that I would uh you know I've said and I would still consider to be in the roughest spot in the meta right now mm-hmm. but uh you know if it's able to pull through, that's great and I think that you know it's in a bad spot, but it's not it's not it's in a less bad spot in the context of people aren't actually preparing for it and not respecting it, so that gives it some kind of um you know some kind of grace in this format
1: yeah it gives it that factor i think that's another maybe part of the reason as well we saw you know a deck like um Livia put up four four spots in the top eight people maybe not understanding how to play against it haven't tested uh those pilots who know Livia well just piloting it doing well and, and making those top eights as well yeah in terms of i just wanted to call out you know we had a couple of or a few sort of marquee national events right In in regions where we've seen flesh and blood be around for longer the metagame be more of a focus or it's, it's a bit more developed uh, events, regions where we know about some of these players and, and the skill that sit there. So just wanted to call out these events and just look at that that top eight breakdown and see if there's anything different to what we saw in terms of the overall, you know, the, the average of these events, the total the total collection of these events. So UK Nationals was first, one of the larger events uh, within that we saw, you know, a lot of Briar decks, we did see an Earth Briar deck. Uh, we saw two Katsus in there as well, uh, and of course, the Viscerae. I thought it was interesting, that's the first event of the season, right? That like kicks off the national season. And then you go straight into US Nationals after that, where you see yeah, that. That
0: definitely influenced the rest of the season.
1: <laughs> right, it was the it was the catalyst that started everything, right? In terms of the the Lightning Briar deck goes undefeated and uh, yep. wins the event. And then the following weekend, you just see that deck explode, right?
0: One hundred percent, like that was the event that influenced the meta. The event that shook the world, per se. It was that if, if UK Nationals, happened a week later u.s national as a like the u.s nationals meta would, would have looked much different
1: in yep. my opinion i think so too and the interesting thing though when you go into u.s nationals and you look at the top eight in the end yeah you do, you do have these five briar decks but you have two chain and you have a lexi deck so i think you had three decks that were you know could pair well into briar in the form of the two chains and the lexi and people take advantage of that heading into the nationals just just a week later after the uk nationals
0: 100%. That's, that's honestly why I was surprised to see, uh, not see more of that in the following events. Obviously, we saw um, Ice actually win Canadian Nationals, but I was really surprised to see not, pe- more people didn't pick up Chain, right? Yeah, because it it's, it's really good into Briar.
1: Mm-hmm. Same weekend as well, you have German Nationals, which are you know, a larger event, 80 players in total, I think also sets the tone for a bit of what the meta looks like alongside maybe the European side. Um, so we see the Mount Heroic Briar deck take the event, um, we see another come I think third as well in that event uh, as well as you see an ice lexi you know or Two ice lexies in that top eight. So all these nationals happen within a pretty tight time period, right? So October 30th is UK nationals and then by the time we get to November 14th, just two weeks later. We've had 15 of the 22 nationals so far. So um, Actually, no, it's even more. It's 19 of the nationals. So only three events after the first two weeks or first three weeks So really tight time period you'd expect that a meta would struggle to develop, but we definitely have seen a meta develop between that time, right? Like we saw these Ice Lexi decks come through. We saw these Mount Heroic ad- adaptations of the Briar decks. Um, we saw, you know, old time decks come to the the forefront when Greek nationals and one of them. So although it might seem that um, this this meta has been, I guess, really narrow, it's been a really short period of time between when we saw this Lightning Briar deck and when it took the meta by storm and when we've seen people try and react to it.
0: Yeah, I would out that by saying that I still think that the amount of decks that play well into Briar were heavily underrepresented, which is, you know, we saw them pick up some wins, which is important, right? We saw people, you know, play decks that they thought were well-positioned in the meta and then win with them, which is important. Uh, But I think that, you know, the kind of mass player base stayed on Lightning Briar for a lot and, you know, probably will continue to because it's a strong deck with a very proactive plan and forces your opponent to, um have a game plan for you and a very strong one at that
1: yeah but i mean that just comes down to that time period right three weeks it's a really short time to test and react and um you know it's gonna be hard for a majority of people to do that but i thought i was you know if i just as we talk through i guess the the flow of these events and how the calendar went yeah really surprised to see that we did see a number of these top eights start to evolve and, and react and as you move through the season the uh the top eights actually become more diverse uh, for the most part which is really cool to see that's good. Yeah. So in terms of the other two events, I wanted to call out the last two events. Uh, so that was last weekend and this weekend, just prior weekend. And this weekend just been in the form of Taiwanese nationals and um, in Hong Kong. So Taiwan, you have 90 players in Hong Kong, you have 84. So, you know, big representations of players there. Uh, I think the Taiwanese nationals was the second largest nationals behind the US. So um, Brian ends up winning Taiwanese nationals. But, you know, here you have an old time in the top eight. You have uh, you have Rainer you have two mount heroic briar decks alongside the other briar decks and then in uh, hong kong chain wins beating all time in the final so two decks that really preyed on those briars and there was i think three or four briars in that top eight but there was also uh, three chains so you did start to see in that in that region for instance uh, a meta start to i think develop and and people start to target that i mean three chain decks in the top eight in old time it's uh I think a pretty We're good showing. On, it was
0: very on brand for Hong Kong <laughs> after, you know, playing a lot of skirmishes myself, so playing against a lot of Hong Kong players, uh, back in Skirmish Season One. They definitely in Skirmish Season Two. They definitely uh, they definitely like to play, you know, like the chain, the Kano, like the really fast and crazy stuff and they're really talented at it too.
1: Yeah, if you go and watch the final, the Chain player played really, really well in that final. Um and it was a good final overall. It looked like old time kind of had it in the bag and then Um, chain with no cards left in their deck managed to pull it out so it was uh it was a cool final so yeah i just wanted to point out just i guess the development we just can't forget how quick this national season has been but we have seen development over the meta which is cool and i think that bodes well uh although briar has been really dominant and you can see that in the stats bodes well for, for what happens uh as we move forward i just wanted the last thing i want to call out is the the last weekend or the last two weekends of of um of nationals only one briar win that's you have a chain win, a kano win, and alexi alexi win, um, and then the week prior, I think it's f- seven nationals, you have uh, what three lightning Briar decks, one Mount heroic Briar deck winning, a Katsu winning, and an all time winning so yeah that that meta did start to to adapt, which is is really cool to see yeah and if
0: uh, if you know one of the issues with the, the metas not adapting was the short period of time. Yeah, Australia, and New Zealand have a ton of time and a ton of data to work off now. So that's, yeah, I think I've said this a few, yeah, you know, maybe too many times this podcast, but I'm really excited to watch the nationals, and I actually will be just enjoying it as a pure spectator, which I feel like I haven't been able to do in a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know if they, if um, New Zealand streamed. I assume so. It would be great to to see that on stream. I hope it is. If they don't. It would be a tragedy. I agree. Last thing I want to do is just break down what this data tells us about the top five heroes in the meta right now. Well, you know, what, are the, what are the top five heroes? So Briar, yes, Briar is still the top. Uh, you've got Bravo just statistically. Interestingly, you know, putting up the the second best finishes and results. Would you say that you think Bravo is, you know, in that top five? It's one of the best decks in the format right now? Top
0: five? Yeah, top three, no.
1: Mm-hmm. In my opinion. <laughs> so third, third statistically, Chain, and then Lexi and Katsu, just in terms of uh, top eights and then conversions into those wins yeah for sure otherwise last thing i wanted to end on brendan is a prediction for the new zealand and australian nationals so i'm playing the australian nationals so i'm probably gonna uh what are you playing from this one Tell us. i don't know That's a good question i don't know yet i've uh, still got six wow. weeks um plenty of time to test and to work it out i've only just jumped back into testing this past week so just trying to work it out but I'm going to throw it to you for your predictions for New Zealand and Australian Nationals. What decks are you expecting to see in the top eight? What are you seeing to win and what surprises are you expecting to see or you think you might see?
0: Yeah, so with Australia and New Zealand, I don't know if I'm expecting any crazy surprises, right? Like not like a new, like a brand new deck that we have just totally not seen, like a Levia deck that just stomps everything or anything like that. But I am expecting a lot of decks that will prey on Briar that are good into Briar that have, you know, if you had, a, there was a lot of decks that were, Good game plans into Briar, but they maybe weren't fully rounded out quite yet and you know, fully sound into the entire meta, where that's probably not going to be the case anymore. These decks have had, time to de- had time to develop and people had time to play them. But before, it was like, you know, that if you weren't playing that deck before, before Briar was kind of popular, you had about a week or two to kind of figure it out. Um, but my mm-hmm. calls for top decks are going to be definitely Chain, Viscerai, Briar, Old Him. And um, yeah, that's definitely my tier one. That kind of rounds it out, and we have some tier twos as well in the form of like Lexi, Bravo, uh, and that's probably it, at least in terms of for run uh, like front
1: runners in my head. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So in terms of those those strategies, you know, that maybe weren't quite rounded out, you think some of those other decks that you talked about in your tier one, tier two, those are the ones that could have those strategies and have time to round them out now.
0: Yeah, I don't know if Bravo ha- will have like a fantastically. New and innovative strategy to beat Briar, but its current strategy seems okay. I just still don't think it's favored, um, but I could be wrong, right? And then, but uh, definitely, Viscerai, Old Him, and yeah, Viscerai and Old Him have great game plans into Briar. Like they're very, very good. And Chain is extremely strong into Briar. And d- in my opinion, one of the last things you want to sit across you're playing Briar, but Chain has a little bit of a harder time yeah. beating the field, beating fatigue.
1: It's almost the sort of, uh, sort of matchup that is a briar. You don't want to see a chain sitting across from you at the end of uh, you know, 11 rounds of Swiss. you are winning in for the calling, right?
0: Crazy. I can't imagine flying across the world, finally meeting your friends, being jet-lagged, spending all this money, wanting you to be cool in front of your friends, show them that you can top 8 just like everyone else, and you're not washed up, you know, a has-been calling champion, and then just, like, fumbling the ball right before. That would just... But, um, yeah, what? what are your thoughts on the meta?
1: Well, I was just going to say, what about turn two out of war, turn three out of war, turn four out of war? How would that sit with you as well? That win in a match. <laughs> anyway. That's,
0: I'm a weird, not... that's a weird yeah, weird theory, but it sounds like this player is, uh, still hasn't swallowed that pill quite yet.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a hard one to take. No, it's fine. Uh, my thoughts on the meta. Uh, I'm, I'm still gathering them, I think, in terms of. My thoughts on the meta are probably what we have just talked about. Currently, my forward thoughts on the meta are very similar to what you have, but a lot of my th- forward thoughts on the meta are probably just coming from theory and discussion right now. My testing's just starting now in terms of heading towards Australian Nationals with that date confirmed. Um, there's a lot of decks I'm looking at still. I'm not ready to put aside some of the decks that I really like in terms of saying that they don't have the strategies that I need to probably compete. Um, you know, a Reiner, for instance. A uh, Yeah, I-, I just think there's... I want to give those a, a bit more time um, before I start to just say that's only the maybe tier one, tier two, quote unquote, you know, in terms of what you just talked about decks that I'm looking at. Um, but I'm getting pretty close to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll bet a box of first edition. Uh, okay, so in, in the, what is it? In memoriam of Welcome to Wraith and it going out of print, I will bet a box of first edition Welcome to Wraith that Hayden does not win Australian Nationals with Reinar. I'm calling it. It's a Fugazi.
1: Sounds like a challenge more than anything. Yeah,
0: you can have it. It'll go straight to you. Or we can distribute it to the community as, like, a, you know, give random packs out. Whatever you want to do, it's yours. But one box of Welcome to Rate Alpha is sitting in my closet right now if you win Australian Nationals with rhino All
1: right. Let's see what we can do. Last thing any thoughts on we have a ban restricted announcement coming on December 14th? Just basically, just you yes to no. know, do you think we see any changes to class constructed?
0: Oh god, I hope not. That'd be weird. <laughs> Heading into us I don't think it's needed. We've talked about this on this podcast. Um you can disagree with us, that's fine. But in my opinion, I do not think that a bandit restricted um change is needed. I don't know. I'm not tuned into the health of blitz right now, so that could be um, you know, an area of concern. I just have no clue at this point with some of the new cards and new heroes that have come in. But in terms of constructed, I genuinely do not think that there needs to be um any sort of bans or hopefully god i hope there's not an errata that would be terrible for the game yeah.
1: um cool okay i think the only thing that might happen is personally is uh dustblade gets banned in Blitz, but we'll we'll see yeah yeah anyway that wraps up our i guess i just our deconstructing of the nationals constructed i think some interesting data in there uh again shout out to tower number nine to davis for, for putting that together and, and allowing us to to dive into that um, some surprises, right? Some decks that we think are stronger that maybe didn't show up as much. prior, yes, dominant. Uh, but we really saw some shifts through that meta as, as the national season went on, which I thought was probably one of my biggest takeaways, actually. And again, you know, a three to four week period of those nationals, it's really tight. So, um yeah, I'm just to see what happens now heading towards Australian and New Zealand nationals.
0: We can't wait to watch you on stream. They better be streaming, Hayden. If they're not, I'm gonna send somebody over there to freaking film you because I want to watch. I'm gonna get pumped with my popcorn, and put it on the big screen TV and just be a you know, just be cheering on my boy. But anyway. I just wanna shout out the Arsenal Pass YouTube page as we close out here. Like we mentioned, we're getting close to three thousand subscribers. Had a lot of growth over the past year, and we want to round out twenty twenty one with you know hitting that goal of three K. So shoot us a subscription. We would greatly appreciate it. And as we always say the boomers of welcome to wraith with welcome to wraith leaving we truly are the boomers of welcome to wraith (laughs) the kids they just don't know what it used to be like back then but if you want to find us on twitter we love engaging on there i'm located at brendan apg hayden is located at fiendale f-y-e-n underscore d-a-l-e and finally shouting out the Arsenal Pass patron, uh, Patreon. Jeez, I've been doing that all day. <laughs> Thank you so much to our 330 plus patrons. I'm not sure who it is at right now. Um, and yeah, the Arsenal Pass Patreon does have tons of extra content. If you're interested, go ahead and check it out. But until next time, we'll see you on the next episode.
1: All I have to do is win one game on camera, and I'm doing better than you anyway. I know what are you talking about?
0: Oh goodness.